Take your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to that first psalm, that first psalm, as we look uh, together as what God would say to us this morning. Over the last few weeks in particular, we have talked about the relationship that we have with this God, this God above who has loved us so much that He has pursued us in every way possible, this God above who loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son for us. So that through our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus, we could come to a relationship with him, an intimate relationship, fellowship, connection with this God. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about how God wants us to enjoy that relationship. And, and last week in particular, we talked about how that the, at the foundation of every relationship, you have to have communication. You have to communicate. You have to talk to one another. We know God has spoken to us. There is no doubt. God has spoken to us in general ways. Creation itself, according to the psalmist, declares that there is a great and mighty God. When you walk outside, when you see the creation, you know that there is an ultimate being who has created this world. He has put his fingerprints all upon it. But we also know that God has spoken to us specifically. He has spoken to us, certainly through the person of Jesus, and also through the Scripture. As we look at God's Word, as we read it, we know it is God's vibrant, vital Word to us. Our response. Our response is to take time to listen. If God has spoken, and this God that we have today is a God that does not, He does not waste words. Whatever he speaks has purpose and meaning. And if he has spoken with such purpose and such significance, he has called us to listen. I want you to hear the way the psalmist frames this argument as he speaks to us about taking time to listen. This is what the psalmist says. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, he shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Notice as we see this psalmist speak about listening to God and seeking him and meditating upon his word day and night. He, he gives us some insight, I think, in our listening. First of all, we have to be purposeful in our listening. We have to listen. You know, that's easier said than done, isn't it? And we say that we have to listen. Do you recognize how many distractions there are around us in listening to somebody as they speak? I mean, just this morning, take it for just this moment as I'm trying to share with you. There are all kinds of distractions, right? You, you see a few distractions? This handsome guy up here, you're just you're caught by my... There, there are all kinds of distractions you probably have. You're thinking about things. There are things going on today. Today is Super Bowl. You're thinking about what's going to happen after this service. You're thinking about this evening. There are all kinds of distractions. There are distractions all around us. 
It's amazing how it is hard to listen when there are distractions. Notice here, the psalmist says, Blessed is the man who is not directed by distractions by other people's voices. In other words, he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. He is not listening to other voices. He's not listening to other individuals, but rather he is focused upon God and his word. That's the intent here that the psalmist says. Again, there are so many distractions. And there's so many obstacles to our listening ability. I think about my, my children sometimes. I don't know if this happens or has ever happened in your life, but when the television comes on, when the television comes on, there is a natural obstacle for my children in listening. Now, now it doesn't happen again probably for you all, but I mean when that television comes on, this glazed look comes over their face. And all of a sudden, they are so amazed by this box that has pictures and has sound and all the things. You can try to speak to them and you will never penetrate their consciousness. Have you ever been there before? Yeah, yeah just a little bit. Finally, an amen in this place. I mean, it's like, come on, we've got to go. And nothing happens. Hey, let's come get your clothes. Nothing happens. It's like they are zeroed in. But before we're too hard upon those individuals, those individuals we call our children, just, just check with some of us guys tonight, probably, right? Around 5.30 or 6, you'll probably see the same thing happen. There's an amen. <laughs> you'll see the same thing happen. There are all kinds of distractions. So if we are to listen, according to what this psalmist says, if we are to listen, we must remove the distractions from our lives. We cannot listen to all the other voices that are out there. Again, God wants to speak and he's already spoken to us. And he wants us to remove those distractions, those other voices. He does not want us to listen to the scoffers. Some translations may say the babblers. He doesn't want us to hear all those other voices that are trying to get our ear. He wants us to remove those obstacles. And he wants us to remain focused. It is so difficult. It's so difficult in the day in which we live. One writer has suggested that his mind was very much like a banana tree with a bunch of monkeys inside jumping up and down. He said that as he would try to think... It was as though there was no calm. He said there was, there was no peace whatsoever, but there were always, always these things going on in his mind. He said there were always questions, questions, serious questions. Questions like, what is my day going to bring me? What if these people don't like me? What if these things happen in my life? And he said he struggled with those constant questions, and it was so hard for him to listen because of the noise that was constantly in his mind. We have to remove the distractions, and we have to remain focused. Focused on what? Focused on God's Word to us. Somehow in the midst of all these voices, there is one true authentic voice that calls to us. Notice this man, the one who is blessed, the one who is happy, is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. 
Again, we know that this is referring to the Torah, the, the law itself. Later on, it will come, I think, to represent the Old Testament. And even for us today, I think it represents all of the revelation of God. But he says his delight is there. He is focused upon the Scripture. He is focused upon God's Word. With all the distractions, it is a challenge to remain focused. But I think we remain focused in these ways when we consider how important and significant God's Word is to us. I was thinking through this text this week, and I, my sympathies, my empathies, if you will, went naturally to those who were called to be flight attendants. Have you ever noticed this before, some of you who've been on planes? The flight attendant stands up, and she is giving the safety precautions. She's telling you what to do, right? You remember all the things? This is how you buckle your seatbelt. This is how you... Some of you know what I'm talking about. Many of you may not. Because nobody listens. Have you ever noticed that? You're on the plane. She's giving safety instructions or he's giving safety instructions. And nobody is listening. And usually I'm not either. Now, sometimes I do feel bad because being a pastor, you know what it's like for people not to listen to you. So you try to empathize with that flight attendant. But there she is. And I think to myself, this week as I was reading through this and talking about focusing upon listening, I, I, I thought to myself, why do we not listen? Why do we not listen? Maybe, maybe it's because we don't think it's important what she has to say. Maybe we don't think it's really going to happen or maybe we think if it does happen, that's not going to help us, right? So again, we just kind of dismiss it. Listen, when God speaks, God is not speaking to us just so that we will dismiss his word. God's word is important. I said earlier that if God has something to say, he is always purposeful in his statements. In other words, there is a purpose and significance and meaning behind what he has to say. Now, I know many of us, many of us just talk, okay? And sometimes it can be meaningless. <laughs> we must admit, right? Sometimes it's just for rapport that we're building. But when God says something, God says something with intention and purpose. And God wants us to to remain focused upon it. He wants us to hear what he says. He wants us to take his word and to place it within our lives. Here, the psalmist says, we have to remove those obstacles. We have to remove those other voices that would call to us. We have to focus on the law of the Lord, on the scripture upon God's word to us. And may I say to you that as we recognize this side of the communication relationship, as we recognize one that God has spoken and that we need to listen, let me encourage all of us in this place to simply listen and resist the urge to speak back to God. Now, next week we're going to talk about prayer, okay? There's a proper time. But I think in our lives, as we focus, we have to resist the urge to speak. There are times we need to simply listen in quietness, 
in calmness. We need to hear what he has to say. Now notice this again about many of our conversations that we would have, earthly conversations. As we would speak to other people, as they are speaking to us, sometimes instead of listening, we are formulating our response before they even finish. We're thinking to ourselves, oh, we can tell this story. Or this is how we can respond in this way. Those are not good communication skills for anybody, but especially with God. When God is speaking to us, he's not there just so that we will formulate our response to him and just fail to hear his message. God wants us to listen. He wants us to hear. He wants us to remain focused. So first I would say to you that we need to just simply listen. Second, I would say to you that we need to learn to meditate. Meditate. Oh, that word today has so many different connotations. And meditation has been taken by so many in, in different types of movements, many in New Age philosophies, and it has become just a, a weak exercise when it should have been and still should be a biblical expression as we hear God speak to us. Meditation. What is meditation? He says he meditates day and night. In the law of the Lord, he meditates. What is meditation? Well, again, it is remaining quiet. And it is simply thinking upon what God has to say. We take it in. We hear. We listen. And then we meditate upon that word. We just kind of turn it over and over and over. We take that scripture, we take his word, and we allow it to filter through our lives. We meditate day and night. Notice it is a continual, a continual working through us, the scripture is. It is a continual God doing something within us, taking that word. Now listen, as we, as we meditate, as we think through the scripture, I think it's good for us to immerse ourselves in the text and to imagine what it would have been like. I, I think that's a good exercise for all of us as we think about the text, as we try to personalize it. For example, on the last few Wednesday nights, I've been talking about Moses. We've been working through the life of Moses. It's been a great study for me personally, uh, hopefully for us corporately. But as I, as I read through those different texts, especially the narratives, they come alive to me as I place myself there within the text. I think to myself sometimes, for example, what if I had been Miriam standing there by that river Nile? Standing there, watching my brother, watching him in that little ark that he had been placed in, listening to him, listening to the sounds, and thinking about the sounds, and thinking about, thinking about that day and what it could have been like, and thinking about all of the suspense of what was going to happen, and how Pharaoh's daughter, how she would respond when she found this little boy. I love placing myself in the text, thinking about what it would have been like to be Moses in Pharaoh's palace for those 40 years. Think about growing up with all of the privilege and 
prestige and position that he had, what it must have been like, and to think what he must have gone through when he knew that God had called him to deliver his people, and yet trying in his own way to fulfill God's purpose apart from God's power. You know, I, I try to immerse myself in the text, and I think that is a wonderful way for us to meditate and think about the text and think about how it must have been. I think God wants us to use our imagination. I think he wants us to use our heart as we enter into this passage and to meditate, as it says, continually day and night to think about it. I encourage you today to maybe take this text, take God's word, find you a passage, and just, just allow that passage to just turn over in your heart all day long. Just take one, okay? Some of you say, oh, I can do more than that. I'm going to go and I'll uh, take the whole book of Exodus and I'll let it turn over my heart today. Well, that's awesome. You're a great spiritual giant. Proud of you. Most of us can't do that. Just take a text, take a passage, and just turn it over in your heart all day long. Just meditate upon it. Think about it. Think about how God would use it in its own proper way. It's amazing, isn't it? How God can take that scripture and speak to you throughout the day. Because get this. You listen, you meditate, and I think you internalize God's word. What does internalize mean? Well, internalize means that you literally put it within. You literally put it within. The goal of you knowing scripture is not so that you get to heaven one day and score 100 on a knowledge test. The goal of you knowing Scripture is for that Scripture to enter into you and to transform you. I love the way Ortberg says this. He says, we are not called to get through the Scripture. We're called to allow the Scripture to get through us and change us and transform us. My goal is not to somehow advance the knowledge of Scripture in my life so that I can score high on a test. It is rather to... Allow the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge of his word to impact me and transform me and change me daily. Every day as I hear his word and I internalize it and make it a part of who I am, I should look more like Christ. I love the analogy that the psalmist gives us here. He says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that image. The image of a tree planted by a river. A tree that is gaining its sustenance, is gaining its vitality and energy from the river that it's planted by. And that's really what we are as believers. As we plant ourselves by God and His Word, somehow we draw strength, we draw refreshment, we draw our energy from His Word to us. We internalize it. It becomes part of who we are as we are planted by the river. So as I internalize it daily, as I meditate upon it daily, as I make it a part of who I am, maybe I ask a question like this. God, how does this passage that I've taken and that I've been reading, 
how does it apply to the decisions that I'm making today? How does it apply to the decisions that you have called me to make today? Most people would classify Psalm 1, this first psalm, as a wisdom psalm. It's part of wisdom literature. In other words, it was, it was demonstrating how the wise man would follow and listen to the word of God, to what God had to say that the wise man would. There'd be two distinct courses, the wise and the foolish. And the wise would listen and meditate and internalize God's word. So, in other words, it directed the decisions of the wise man. This word did. For us, we take that, we take that scripture that God has given us. We turn it over and over in our hearts. And we ask ourselves, wherever we are, how does this, how does this passage guide my decision today? Also, I think we ask ourselves this question. How does this passage guide my activities today? The decisions I make, the life that I live, how does this passage speak to me? Because I believe, again, God has spoken purposely. God has spoken with significance. And he has spoken this word at the right moment in my life to challenge me and to change me. So if that is the case, God, what do you want me to decide today? How would you want me to go? How would you want me to walk? It's amazing how God will put that passage at the right moment at the right time. I remember once in my life in particular when I had been studying a passage, been allowing that passage to work through me to internalize it. I, I try to do it certainly as I come to messages and sermons and uh, too many of our sermons as Argel Smith say, says, uh, too many of our sermons are half-baked. They haven't been in the oven too long or long enough. And you know, I try to give time, that incubation time, for a, a message to kind of work in my life and the passage to work in my life. But I was working on a passage some years ago from James chapter 1. It goes with this message in, a case, in, in some ways. James chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20. It said, So then, my beloved brethren... Uh, be, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You've heard that before? Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So I was turning that over in my heart. I was thinking about that passage. And do you know what God did? He put me in the right place at the right moment to practice that. I, I remember I was having an issue with, with my car. I was actually um, having an issue with my tire. So I had gone to the local tire store and I pulled up. Not here, by the way, not Rustin. Don't go telling anybody here it's about the tire store in Rustin. No, it's not. But I went to the local tire store. And I said, hey, I, I said, uh, I've got a little issue with my tire. And they said, okay, what's going on? I said, well, I don't really know because that's the reason I bring it here for you to look at and tell me what's going on. But um, I think it, it's leaking. Something's happening. I, I don't know. He says, all right, we'll get to you. Okay, sounds good. I go and sit down for a little while. 
about uh, 30, 45 minutes later, you know, I just, fine, I'm good, I'm patient. You, you know I'm patient. Yes, patient. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, it's probably about time nobody's talked to me. But anyway, I, I got up and said, hey, uh, did you want me to pull the truck in a different place? Or, you know, you try to think about these things. You know, you try to be kind of politically correct at least maybe. I could pull it around or do something for you. And he's like, no, we'll get to you. So I sat there another 30, 45 minutes and hadn't heard anything. And, and uh, I, I got up and I said, hey, um, do you know how long it's going to be? I'll just be honest with you, he said. I ain't got time for you today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It does not. This is not going to turn out very well here in this place. I mean, I was thinking of all the things I wanted to tell him. I thought to myself, you know, I never do use the pastor's card, but I could go back to my church and I could tell them never to come to this place because this place is rude and they're mean and they treated the preacher wrong. But the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Why did I have to get that verse? That one day... There were many other things that happened, but it was just like God just turned that scripture over and over and just reminded me. You know, he took it just a little portion at that time in my life. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm always good. I'm not going to tell you that I always respond in the right way or the most positive way. But it's not because God hasn't spoken in the right way. Sometimes it's because I've not listened. Sometimes it's because I've not meditated upon it. Sometimes it's because... I've not internalized that word. I've let it become part of me. Now listen, when I meditate, when I internalize it, that means it's going to take time for God's word to penetrate me. All of us today, all of us are all into what we can do as quickly as we can, efficiently as we can. What can we complete so we can move on to something else? Listen. When you talk about coming to God, hearing His Word, listening to His Word, meditating upon it, and internalizing, there's nothing quick about it. There's nothing quick about it. Oh, you, you can hear it, I mean, but there's nothing quick about this process of God turning it over in your life and in your heart so that it will become part of who you are. If you want a fast food Christianity, you're not going to find it in the Scripture. There's going to have to be time. And you know what? It's going to require work and energy. Because I said early on, it's not natural for some of us to listen in this way or meditate in this way or to, or to internalize it in this way. But we must be intentional and purposeful because get this, get this again. God has spoken. God loves us in such a way He has spoken. He has spoken to your life. He's spoken to mine. And He wants to... He wants to give you the wisdom for the decisions you need. He wants to guide you in his life. Listen, we have a God that's not only saved us, but he is there to guide us and to strengthen us daily. He has not saved us just to leave us by the wayside. He has saved us so that he can bring empowerment to our lives. And he wants to accomplish that through 
His Word. Sometimes as we enter into these moments, it's not about us acting upon God. It's allowing God to act upon us as He speaks and as we hear and as we internalize it in our lives. The result, the result, according to what the psalmist says, is blessing. That first word, blessed. You've heard me preach enough. You've heard other people speak about that word blessing to know. It means something like happy and content. In other words, when God speaks and you hear him and you listen and you remove those obstacles, you remove those distractions, you focus upon him, you meditate, you internalize it, that individual finds joy and blessing. And not only that, that individual finds stability. Because you are not tossed to and fro by all these other voices, but rather you are held in place by God's word, by his standard, by his counsel. psalmist says there are too many people that are like the chaff. You know, this winnowing process is they would throw up the grain. The heavier seed would fall. The chaff, the husk, would be blown away by the wind. He said there are too many people that are just so easily blown away. But he said there are some heavyweights out there. There are some heavyweights who have listened. They have meditated. They have internalized it. And there is substance about their life. There, there is a stability that is there. And that is a stability that will last, he says, for all of eternity. The word of God to us. God has spoken. God has spoken. Will we listen? Will we meditate? Will we internalize that message? Because when and if we do, God will bring blessing and stability to us and we can seek Him and experience His life as He speaks. Let's pray together. Father, thank You this morning for a great moment of worship, celebration. Thank You Thank you for speaking to us. And God, I pray that this morning in this place, that you would challenge us afresh and anew to listen, to take your scripture and to meditate upon it, to think through it, to turn it over in our hearts time and time again. God, that today... You would challenge us, not just in knowledge, but Lord, knowledge that will transform us as we internalize your message. God, I challenge us. Lord, I pray that you would work within us. Lord, to simply be people of the book who love you, and who want to obey your word. Lord, we love you this day. We praise you. 
Speak to us now, even during this moment of reflection and invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.